From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Back in the old days, you hear about a troubadour or a lonely young man going up to the window of his beloved, and he might take a solo instrument, maybe a lute or some instrument, to attract the attention of his intended. But what if that instrument were a tuba? Well, if it were played as well as our guest today plays a tuba, she would be very enamored. We have an incredible tubist. He travels the world in every October, makes a tour of various colleges and universities, coinciding with Oktoberfest, a yearly celebration of tuba music. Our guest today is Øystein Badsvik. He is from Norway, born in Trondheim, began playing the tuba at age 15. And we're going to hear some very interesting music right now, including one that you can look up on YouTube if you can spell it correctly. It's Fnug. F-N-U-G-G, which means something like a snowflake or something small. Here is an original performance because this is partially improvised. Thank you. 
That is Fnug, and I know you have never, ever heard the tuba played like that. And Oystein, thank you so much for coming and introducing us to this whole other way. Thanks for having me. When you were 15 and you started playing the tuba, and then you started moving up in your skill in classical, at what point did you start experimenting and doing this exploration of new sounds? Uh, pretty early on, actually. I had the tuba... Uh, given to me to play, you know, the bass in the wind band, mm-hmm. and I was learning that. But I always soon found out that, you know, boom, 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 <laughs> yes. boom, that we do in the wind band is not really cutting it for me. I need to f- see if I can find new ways of playing. Mm-hmm. And I started off by playing my mother's trumpet music. Uh-huh. And I played uh, duets with my sister. Also played the trumpet. I, you know, I tried to find other types of, of music to play. I borrowed my neighbor's tape recorder and I recorded duets with myself. Mm-hmm. And I tried out, you know, things like this. Come from this period, actually. The piece you just heard, for example, this. Uh, um, this sound came from me trying to imitate a helicopter back in those days. <laughs> so uh, absolutely. Well, I was thinking me. of a cappella groups that do their, their percussion that way into microphone. Also a didgeridoo or uh, Jethro Tull. The flutist used to sing along with absolutely. that. Absolutely. I mean, I'm singing all the way through yeah. this piece, and it's called multiphonics. That's sort of the, the, mm-hmm. the pretty word for it. <laughs> but what you actually do is you just sing one voice and you play another and you try to mix them so I, you get some nice uh, harmonies. Well, even some of the sliding effects, I, yeah. I felt like I was hearing the beginning of a, a, a movie with THX sound effects, you know, when they <laughs> would start before Star Wars comes on. You know, I've, I've been playing some of these things uh, on rock stages with mm-hmm. rock bands, and the audience can't really tell that it's a tuba that the sound is coming from. They see me on stage, but they think the sound is coming from a synthesizer or something. That's <laughs> Well, uh, in a moment, you're going to be playing a song by a Swedish composer, but you are also even working with uh, instrumentalists and composers in India. You're headed to Bombay. Yeah, I'm I'm actually trying to... I see myself as a musical explorer, and I try to find out what's possible to do on this horn, and part of that is cooperating with other musicians. See, the, the key to improving in music is always try to play with people that are better than you. (laughs) (laughs) And I found one in India, he's called Subramaniam. He is probably one of the biggest legends within Indian classical music. He has been studying uh, in California classical music back in the 70s. He's Mm. close to 70 years old now. And he played with Herbie Hancock. He played with uh, a lot of the biggest stars in American jazz and was one of the guys who actually founded uh, the term fusion music back then, which means like mixing different styles, so like Indian music and, and rock music or jazz music. So I went over there, he invited me to do a tour with him, and we found a good concept to doing Indian violin and tuba together. And uh, we played another concert in Oslo in Norway, and then the idea was born to do to invite the the cooperation. So we, we're now halfway through making a CD. Mm-hmm. He wrote a t- double concerto for Indian violin and tuba and symphony orchestra, and that's recorded already. And now I'm he- heading over to Bombay to do the rest, which is more of a jazz, or not jazz, but a, a Indian combo, I would say, with uh-huh. three, four percussionists and sitar and him on violin. Oh, I would love to be there. I'd yeah, love to that's going to be so much fun.
Well, when you when you travel as you do, and and you were playing many times at universities where the students have come up through the classical ranks. Maybe they've been in marching band, right. a, a, a few different types of music, but you must see their eyes just pop open. Yeah, with this, surprise to to see the possibilities. You know, the most fun for me. I played this last piece uh, quite a few times on the concert, probably passing thousands of times, mm -hmm. and each single time it. It's such a reward to watch the audience uh, reaction to this if they mm -hmm. haven't heard this before. And as you say, it really literally opens people's eyes. <laughs> I've been playing with the Warsaw Philharmonic, a classical concert, the one Williams tuba concerto, and then they applaud and they thought this was good. But then I play this as an encore. And the whole dressed up audience in ties and dresses mm -hmm. and suits are starting to clap along. Can you imagine that? This classical audience of 1,500 people. So it does something to people, this, this you know, unexpected sounds, plus also the rhythm, of course. Well, introduce us to the Swedish piece you're about to play called Trouble. Yeah, this is. I lived in Sweden for, although I'm from Norway, I lived there in, in Sweden for nine years, studied there. I was uh, developing my career there. I met my wife there. And one of the people I met was Ola Adolfsson, which is a very famous Swedish songwriter and singer. And he, his most famous song is called Trouble. It's a beautiful song in itself, but it has made its way into the jazz standard books of uh, at least Scandinavian jazz musicians. Mm. So it's a very simple tune but it can be expanded uh, very easily. Let's go ahead. We're going to hear this next piece. If you want to grab the tuba, right. we will be hearing our guest today, Ostein Badsvik, Norwegian tuba soloist and chamber musician, an interesting combination of styles, and it all, I think, ties together with great technique and lots of imagination. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
is called Trouble by Swedish composer Ulla Adolfsson. We've heard this performed by our guest today, Oystein Batsvik. Oystein, beautifully played and really eye-opening to me too as well to hear the possibilities with the tuba. Thank you so much. So when you're working with your students uh, and, and you're working with people for the very first time, uh, when they first pick up the tuba, what do you tell them? What's the most important things you have to know? <laughs> uh, well, I think... Uh, in the long run, is having fun. Hmm. You know, why else should you play an instrument? Why <laughs> else should you play an instrument? There is no other reason doing it. So, so keep that in mind every single day you pick up the horn from your start until you're, you're a professional uh, musician. It should be fun. At least one little part of the day should be fun. That's the most important. Now, to, for a beginner, if you, if you were to pick up a tuba right now, I would say just buzz your lips like a baby you know uh -huh. some buzzing his lips and then put your the mouthpiece in front and it'll sound good probably from beginning <laughs> right. then you got to learn all the fingerings <laughs> there's and stuff, a little but... bit of technique after that <laughs> <laughs> well we just did it today actually with some a viola player who picked up the tuba for the first time in her in her life and she sounded good you know she played three perfect notes on that tuba <laughs> That that may also be a testament to your skill as a teacher. Oh no, as well. it's, it's more a coincidence, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you for coming and playing for us today. My pleasure. This is Highway 89 coming to you always live from our performance studio here at BYU Broadcasting. I'm Stephen Cap Perry, glad to be your host. You can find all of our past performances, episodes online. You can find that at BYU Radio. Dot org slash highway 89 you can also follow us online uh, and on twitter at, at byuh89 if you'd like to hear another show again you can even share it with someone if you've really enjoyed what you hear and say hey i think you would be into this go ahead and give that a try our engineer is Mark Waite. Our producer is Jackie Tateishi. Special thanks today to Dr. Steve Call from the BYU School of Music for helping arrange for this performance. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. <laughs>